We believe that not just babies are born, mothers are born too. We're your hosts, Lara, a labor and delivery nurse and aspiring midwife, and Melissa, a mother and doula. Welcome to Mother Birth, a space for thought-provoking and inspirational conversations about birth and the deep exploration of what it means to become a mother. Hi everyone, today's guest is a body love advocate who has spent the last several years spreading awareness and creating resources for moms around plus-size birth, pregnancy, infertility, and body positivity. She shares her own experience of an empowering birth and the world that that opened up to her. This is an episode for anyone who's ever experienced body shame before, during, or after their pregnancy and birth. Hi, everyone. We've got Laura and Melissa here today. And hey, everybody. To- and today we are interviewing a special guest, uh, Jen McClellan, and we'll introduce her and she can tell us a little bit about herself. She runs Plus Size Birth and a couple other exciting projects that are that are in the works. So, Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're working on? Hi, thanks so much for having me on the Mother Birth Podcast. I really appreciate this opportunity. I am um, sorry. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Um, I'm the founder of Plus Size Birth and the Plus Size Mommy Memoirs blog, and I can share a little bit of that journey to getting there um, later on if you'd like. But yeah. right right now, I um, I launched a book at the end of August, which was called My Plus Size Pregnancy Guide, and you know there are some some differences of having a plus size pregnancy as compared to like an average size pregnancy. So I kept, I've been getting questions. It'll be six years in April since I started my blog and I get the same set of questions over and over and over again. So it, yeah. it took me like five years, but I finally compiled it into a guide. Um, but I've most recently turned it into an online course. So I think we all learn in different ways. I'm, I YouTube everything. I'm such a visual learner. So yeah. I'm a, that's what I've been doing night and day lately is trying to build an online course, which has been an adventure. Yeah. So is the online course going to replace the book that you created? You know, the book is included in the online course. So people can get like the, all the goodies, or they can still just get the guide. Cause I know some people just prefer to read and don't have time for online. Um, but the online course also includes the audio to download, download so kind of like a podcast, you can listen to it in your car as well. Right. That's great. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Do you want to, why don't we just launch right into what brought you to starting that project in the first place? You said you first started blogging and everything about six years ago. Is that when your, is that when your son was born? Yeah, it starts a little before then. I found out... Um, in January of 2010 that I was pregnant. It was like January 2nd or something. So we, we get to forgive ourselves for everything that happened on New Year's Eve, right? If we, if we, <laughs> we didn't know, yeah. <laughs> if we didn't know we were pregnant. Um, and I was super, super excited. And my, my husband was at work and he works nights. Um, and I see these extravagant posts on Facebook of these partners setting up these glorious, we're pregnant announcements. And I just picked up the phone and called my husband in the middle of a work review and told (laughs) him, so I don't know how to wait. I was too excited, but I was alone after that conversation. So I went, Mm -hmm. I went online 
And um, I read that I would develop complications because I am plus size. I read that I would have a cesarean birth. And Mm -hmm. I also read that I was a horrible person for wanting to become a mother as a plus size woman. And, you know, I've been, I've been big since puberty. So this has been the story of my life, but I'd never really allowed it to hold me back. And my mother had natural childbirths and she had always talked about it. And that was important to me. The idea of having a cesarean scared me because of just recovering as a larger person, let alone, you know, having you know, that entry into motherhood that can be so emotional that so many of my friends had shared. Um, so I really was proactive with my health. I was like, you know, I've, I've never been a statistic and I don't want to be a statistic. So I fell in love with water aerobics. I ate healthier than I ever had. And five months into my pregnancy while I was doing water aerobics with a friend, she's like, I hired a doula. And I was like, Oh, I think I know what a doula is. I watched the business of being born and she's like, you need a doula, you know, as those conversations often happen for people get connected with a doula. And we just had this one woman come to our house and she was so tiny. She was like the size of my arm. Um, but she was so (laughs) nice. And she was like the first person that was like, what do you mean you're high risk? Like you don't have gestational diabetes. You just told me you're in love with water aerobics and like what you are, you're healthy. Like, so what that you're plus size, like you're being healthier than most of the moms I work with. Like we like basically get over yourself. And I think I needed to hear that. It wasn't like, you know, butterfly. Oh, you're, you're okay. It was more like, okay, like move on. Like, so she was pretty much like, let's have a home birth. (laughs) I was horrified. (laughs) And my husband was like, okay. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, good for anyone who wants a home birth, but I didn't trust my body. You know, I, I didn't know what my body was capable of. And I kept on waiting for my body to fail. And, um, so we ended up switching to the midwifery model of care. I cried when I fired my OB cause that's just me, but, um, (laughs) hired a wonderful midwife at, uh, an outstanding hospital here in Colorado, uh, Denver Health. And it, it changed everything. My care went from 15-minute visits to 45-minute visits. And when I talk about it, I, I share that my my care provider was the first person to ever touch my body with compassion. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's been plus size my whole life, going to the doctor, I mean, it's not fun for anyone, but especially when so many things just get related back to your weight. And then to have someone touch your body in a way that is so loving and so kind as so many midwives are, um, it just, it started to change this narrative that had been in my head. While I've always been kind of that fat, confident girl inside, there's always that self-doubt and self-hate and it just really started between my doula and my midwife to be like, Hey, like you, you can do this. And I, I'd right. ask my midwife, like, well, I read online that I'm going to have a 10 pound baby. She'd be like, that's what your hips are for. Um, <laughs> so like, you, you can, can birth it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, your body's made for your baby. It turns out. Right. Yeah. So it just, it just really started to change all these things in my head. But meanwhile, I'd go online and I'd spend hours. Like I remember hours just looking for images of larger pregnant women. It was mm-hmm. so hard to find. And, and, 
And to this day, go to Barnes and Noble and pick up any baby magazine and you're not going to, a pregnancy magazine, and you're not going to see plus size women. So it was a real, real frustration because here I am on this journey of trying to be healthy and proactive and everything I'm reading online is like doomsday (laughs) and it's just, it was ridiculous. Um, and I, so I went into labor and I mean, that's a whole story that I could tell, but we don't need to spend time on it, but it was amazing. It was, I really wanted that natural childbirth and I had prepared for it. Um, and it was the most incredible experience of my life. And there came a point in time through 16 hours of labor where I had to let go and I had to trust my body as I'm pushing out this baby on my knees of all positions. And Mm -hmm. that was so powerful for my, my doula actually said, like, listen to your body. And it was this whole moment of, oh my gosh, like I have to really turn my brain off and trust that my body knows what to do. And it was, it was transformative. And, and I gave birth on my knees and my husband caught our son and then he was passed from between my legs. And it was, I had never been so high in my life. Like it was just, it was the most incredible experience of my body is stronger than I ever could have fathomed. I'm a mother. Oh my God, this baby's so much cuter than I ever thought it would be. Like all of these emotions flooding. And then it was just this realization for the next few months of like, why have I hated myself for so long? And why did I question that I would even, you know, be able to have a healthy outcome? And, and, you know, as, as we all know, motherhood, going into it is exhausting and this new adventure, <laughs> you, you know, sometimes you don't know which way's up and which way's down and you're just getting through it. So it was about four months, um, after my son was born that I just, I had gone back to work by then and was kind of settling back into routine. And I just really wanted to tell my story because I could not have been the first fat woman to ever have a healthy pregnancy and give right. birth on her knees. Like there's just, there's no way, but yeah. my story wasn't easy to find on the internet. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing blogging. I really had no clue. So I picked like the longest name ever <laughs> plus size mommy memoirs. I knew I wanted plus size and mommy, but like stories were gone. Like all the good stuff was gone, of course. So I'm like, yeah. memoirs. Um, and I wrote the first blog post six years ago on April 6th. Um, and it was just, what is plus size mommy memoirs? And it, I had no idea that it would change my whole life. Um, and it was really an incredibly exciting thing that transformed because I started a Facebook page on the same day and I thought, Oh, it'd be fun if like I got 50 followers in a month and I got 50 followers in a couple days and it just, that it started like that and it's still is going. <laughs> well, I'm sure that so many women experience had the same experience as you, like they got pregnant or were considering becoming pregnant and couldn't find the information that they were looking for that related to them that was, you know, made sense to them. And, and, and so they found you. Yeah, they found you. Absolutely. You know, six years ago, obviously, Facebook was had opened up to the public and wasn't just for colleges, and, and was big, but I feel like there weren't as many 
group. I don't even think groups had started no, yet. No, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so there wasn't yet. really a lot. Mom communities were just really starting to become popular on Facebook, and there wasn't one specifically for plus-size women. So that's really – it was just the timing of everything, and it just literally exploded. And it, it it is unique. Like, women of size often have bellies that look more like Bs than Ds, but that's not something you're usually going to talk about with a thin friend. You know, right. there were so, there's so many little nuances that you just don't necessarily feel comfortable even talking to your mom about. So that's what became so powerful. And for me, it was really, I was very intentional that, okay, social media is such an ugly place. And that's where it really started for me was, you know, reading things online and reading comments online. God, this is so ugly and awful. And I don't, I, if I'm going to be spending so much time online building a community, I, I will create a safe space. And that has always been my mission. Um, especially for plus size women, we get, we get treated poorly in many areas. So, um, I really wanted to create a, a safe body positive space. Yeah, and I wanted to say too, Jen, I think it's really powerful that your building of this community came from such an empowering experience Thanks. that you had personally. I think that that for women is is such a valuable asset. Like you said, it's not something you'd share with a thin friend, but it's also just not something you would share with someone who you didn't feel like could acknowledge that accomplishment. Yeah. And I think that, you know, from kind of looking on the outside into your group, I feel like that's what is there is that there's a sense of camaraderie. Um, and you know, as a listeners know, I work in a hospital right now yeah. and, um, work with plus size moms all the time. And I think that one of the hardest things going into, like you said, is that you kind of get set up not for failure, but you get set up pretty grim. Mm -hmm. The outlook is yeah. pretty grim. And I think that another thing that, you know, you mentioned that I wanted to acknowledge too, is that you know, for a lot of plus size women, their body has been something that's been very private, that that they've hidden or that they mm -hmm. feel kind of ashamed of, especially their belly. And I think that pregnancy doesn't have to be that space anymore. Like mm -hmm. you said, your midwife touched you and looked at your belly in a, in a way that was like honoring of it. Yeah. And I think that that is something that women need to feel in general. I think most women struggle with a changing of their body. Um, but specifically, you know, if you don't have the same changes that you see in the magazines or right. online, like you were saying, those images of like, what will my body look like as it changes, since I'm not starting as, you know, you know, whatever Giselle or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look like a supermodel breastfeeding with my which is like the number one breastfeeding image right now on the yeah, internet we've all seen that for sure <laughs> Giselle, you know and so it's yeah. not the reality for nearly everybody <laughs> but yeah. yeah well thank you and, and thank you for the work that you do too early mm -hmm. on um you know after i started the blog i realized oh there needs to be a resource center not just a blog and mm -hmm. so that's where plus size birth came along and then it was like well i'm already so deep into this journey i, I might as well get certified as a childbirth educator so I can mm -hmm. talk to care providers like, you know, Laura, you as an, mm -hmm. you know, nurse on the, um, on the ground of labor and delivery. Like I can talk to you, especially from a consumer perspective of these are the things that you could do to make an impact, not only in a woman's birth, but for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm, and that's yeah. what can be so powerful when I am able to speak at conferences and have people really listen. Cause that's the thing is, 
not not everyone's going to listen or care about what I have to say. I'm a visibly visibly large woman talking about obesity and that fat women can have healthy outcomes and immediately people either are excited and they want to hear or they already have their biases and they mm-hmm. shut it down. And what's great about me is I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> like there's some right. people that I'll never get through to, but I'm going to keep fighting um and keep working really hard. But it is really powerful to give these talks, especially at birth professional conferences, because I feel like doulas are eager to learn everything and anything um, and have people be like, wow. And especially I'd say baby nurses, too, to be like, oh, I I never thought that the word obese, someone might not like to be called that. And I just Hmm. I just want to hug them like, thank you for listening. Like, thank you for thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, obese is not a word that we like to be called, but you know, women who are over the age of 35 don't like to be called geriatric. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And, and it's amazing, you know, what the spectrum is like, you know, we're talking obviously about your experience and, and the experience of plus size women. And the truth is, is that women across the board, I mean, we're just subject to so much shame in our culture. And so it, it, you just add any element, whether that's, you know, whether that's being plus size or being older or, you know, or any other kind of risk factor. Yeah. And and it just, it just multiplies the the opportunity for people to judge you. And I think we're, that's where we're all in the same boat, regardless of, you know, what those particular details are. And I think that, you know, we, we, the ways that we experience body shame throughout pregnancy and particularly in the postpartum period when your body, you know, is it feels different and looks different and you've got all these hormones and you've got all this stuff going on. It's just, it's such a minefield to navigate. We just have, we're just so ill-equipped to deal with it. And I'm, I'm curious, I, I want to ask a candid question. Um, how did you feel your body did change from before being pregnant to after being pregnant? Were there noticeable physical differences that you kind of had to process and, and, um, you know, learn to, to work with your new body? What, what was that like for you? Sure. So I lost weight throughout my pregnancy, which was really Mm -hmm. surprising to me, but it's not what I learned later on. It's not uncommon, um, for women of size. I mean, when, anytime you radically change, you know, being consistently physically active and eating really healthy. So I lost 18 pounds throughout my pregnancy in a very slow, gradual manner. And then after I gave birth, you know, within a month, I was down 60 pounds. So that was hard to navigate. It's not hard, but just different to navigate a smaller body that was kind of unexpected. Um, It was exciting. But then, you know, to be honest, then it's the cycle of uh, weight loss and abuse that I've had my whole life of, oh, now I've lost this weight. Now I have to lose this weight. And now I'm going to do whatever I can to stay smaller. And and honestly, I'm heavier than I've ever been now because I gained all of it back. And, you know, and that's why, you know, a lot of the work that I do, you know, I have a community now that little Facebook page is now 179,000 women supporting one another, a plus size woman. So it's such a big target. And my private group just hit 10,000 today. So it's such a target for, you know, people who want to promote weight loss products. And Mm -hmm. I'm very anti that because I've learned my whole life that whenever I do dieting or radical things to try to lose weight, all I end up doing is getting bigger than I had, you know, gaining more weight. And statistically, we know that that's, that's the case. So 
I really try to come at this from a place of body positivity, health at every size, and let's treat our bodies the way we treated them when we were pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. And so being transparent with, yeah, you know, two years ago, I was talking about doing 5Ks all the time. And, you know, I just signed up for another one because I'm struggling with my body. But you know, I'm a body love advocate too. And I'm, I'm willing to say that, yeah, there are days when I exist in this body and have all the confidence in the world and other days where I have my own struggles. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm 37 now. My, my boobs are not <laughs> where they were, you know, before <laughs> having a kid, let alone five years ago. So, um, and, and I think that as you were saying of how we all have our struggles, that was something that so clearly came up as I started doing public speaking because I I went on a speaking tour with Birth Without Fear. And so I was speaking to moms of all sizes um, and talking about my journey to loving myself and accepting myself and that that came through my pregnancy and birth and then providing tips um, for moms on self-love. And I would get off stage and people wouldn't just give me a hug. They would they would hold me and thank me. And I found that it was mainly thin. Little little women who have this quote unquote ideal body size that would thank me for saying for giving them permission to love themselves because right. It's so much easier. It's stereotypical for you to look at me and be like, oh, she struggles with body image and body love. Whereas, you know, to look at both of you that have smaller average size bodies and to be like, oh, they've got it. Like they, they, they look amazing. And, but reality Mm -hmm. is we all, we all struggle. And it's even, even those of us that have written books on, you know, body love, which I've co-authored one, you know, we still struggle. So just acknowledging that that it's okay. And it is a struggle, but, but the most important thing to remember is that we're in this together and to to not pin ourselves against one another because it, it really doesn't benefit anyone. Yeah, and I, I think that's something we talk a lot about, um, or there's a lot of, you know, books and literature is a lot about the emotional experience of pregnancy and labor and the empowerment that comes from knowing yourself as a woman and knowing the things that your body can do. But I think really connecting to that deep love of your body change is difficult. I, I, I feel like more women are on board with the idea of being empowered by all the women who've given birth before them. But to actually love your body and the changes it's going through is very, very difficult. And I'm sure it's a product of our culture. I'm also, you know, sure it's a product of just, you know, the reality of you have all all eyes on you when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. You can't go to a store, you can't, you know, for a lot of people, or, you know, your own eyes are on your body in a new way. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you become this very self-aware being, like you said, suddenly you're thinking about what you're putting in your body, what what's going out in a way that's new. Oh shit. And, I slept and, on my left yeah, side last yeah. night. So the anxiety, the anxiety, yeah, that anxiety or that, that heightened awareness can easily be anxiety or it can easily be, you know, morphed into a self doubt instead of an empowerment. And then and, couple that with the fact that many women of size are mistreated by their care providers. Yes. So going to the doctor for most of us when we're pregnant is exciting because you get to hear the heartbeat, you know, and if you're having an ultrasound, you can see your baby. But for for many, many plus size women, it, it's scary. And when I hear of women like restricting calories because they're afraid that their care provider is going to be mad at them for gaining any weight. And then lo and behold, they have these tiny babies when everyone was expecting a big baby. It's like this is a damaging cycle that needs to right. stop. 
Yeah, I, we'd love to get your feedback. I know that's something that you've written a lot about is just what what are your suggestions for people in choosing care that's going to be, you know, empowering and and accepting of of being plus size and of that journey. Hi, our midwife. No, that's <laughs> just a quick answer, but I know it's not, yeah. it's not, I wish more people were open-minded to the midwifery model of care. And I wish mm-hmm. it was more accessible. Um, I know in, you're in Portland and you guys have a beautiful birth bubble there. And we have the same thing in Colorado yes. where birth centers and midwifery model of care built into major hospitals. And we have birthing, you know, labor tubs in every hospital room and it's, it's bathtubs so people can labor, but, um, that's yeah. not the reality in most, most areas. Um, but midwives do definitely tend to be more size friendly because they provide women centered care. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I have a whole guide I've written that people can go onto my website and, um, sign up for my newsletter and they'll get it for free on how to, um, connect with a size friendly provider. It starts with <clears throat> finding someone who is size friendly, which can be tricky. So yeah. asking your plus size friends, did they like their care provider? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming to my online communities, I live here in here, do you have a care provider you recommend? And narrowing that, narrowing that list, because even if someone else had a positive experience, may not necessarily mean that you will too. So asking questions, and I have a set of 15 questions people can ask. The most important question is, um, what is your experience working with women of size? And just sit back and listen. And I think that it's very clear. And this is an important question to ask. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ask, you know, chiropractors, birth photographers, you know, everyone. Like, what is your experience? And especially for care providers, you know, the answers are so different. But it's it's all about how it's answered. So, oh, I, you know, we'll follow the trajectory of your care. And I'm here for you. Or, well, a lot of women develop gestational diabetes and have cesarean births. I mean, it's pretty clear mm-hmm. within those answers, you know, what what you're looking for. And then, Unfortunately, there tends to be a bait and switch quite often towards the end of where you think you've had a size-friendly care provider and then nearing the end of pregnancy, we're starting to talk about induction when there's no reason to have that conversation Mm -hmm. and those types of things. So that's why I always really talk about doulas. Um, Mm -hmm. And Laura, you're a doula, right? Yeah, so is Melissa. Yeah, we both are. Oh, you both are. Oh, wonderful. So doulas and just how they're one of the best, you know, really assets someone can have throughout pregnancy, birth and postpartum, um, mm-hmm. to help you find your voice. You know, it's not their job to, to give your voice and your opinion, but just to remind you, and I do a lot of work around, um, informed consent and the brain acronym to help people mm-hmm. obtain, you know, cause care providers can't do things to your body without your permission. But unfortunately during pregnancy and birth, that seems to go out the window. So just not only helping people to connect with a size-friendly care provider, but helping them to find ways to be their own best advocate throughout pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Because it's my greatest hope, honestly, through that and through talking about physical activity and nutrition, that that they walk away with all these tools <laughs> and all these you know different habits and behaviors. And, and, and not to say that oh, I think some people are like, oh, well, then people will just start losing a bunch of weight after that. And I'm like, that's not realistic. But 
how we raise our kids and what we feed our kids and how active we are with our kids, that can truly make an impact. And and the way we talk about our bodies to our children. So if we learn to love ourselves, our kids Mm -hmm. are watching and they're modeling. And I talk about that a lot with standing on the scale in the morning. You know, we get on the scale and you're you're down two pounds and it's going to be the greatest day ever. And you're up two pounds and the world has ended. But who's standing in the bathroom door watching you react to this number that dictates how you're going to feel about yourselves? It's your kids. And that really is uh, makes a big impact. Yeah, I think, you know, the identity piece is so huge and you become this person that is, you know, overweight. You become this person. I am I am a person who is losing weight right now or I, you know, I am a person who is gaining weight. And I've I've been in that cycle many times since adolescence myself. And I think that, you know, you just get so trapped in in that identity that you don't you can't see yourself as anything other than that successful person that is losing weight right now or this you know complete failure of a person that is you know gaining weight or you know not succeeding in losing weight and it's just it's so so debilitating and it's so apparent to the people around you and and you know when I I have an almost eight-year-old now and he's at an age where you know he's like and I'm really, really careful not to talk about weight and body stuff around him, you know, except for in a positive light. Um, you know, we don't own a scale in our house and we are, you know, very careful to never like, we, we don't ever say like, you know, don't eat that. That'll make you fat, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, and yet he, it's, it's so, it's so much a part of our culture that there are still little ways that I see it creeping in. And, you know, he's been the last few days around the house, you know, he lifts up his shirt and he, he asked me the other day, he goes, do you agree that I'm getting abs? (laughs) I was like, you know, and I'm just like, on the inside, I'm just like, what do I even say to this kid? Because he, you know, like I want to, you know, I'm, I'm torn. I want to say like, yes, you, you, you totally have abs. You look great. And I also want to say like, don't care about abs, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's, it's so conflicting because Mm we, and, you know, the, the same things that we were raised with and that we feel about our bodies, we, it's so difficult not to project those onto our kids. And Absolutely. how do you, how do you navigate that with your son? You know, it's, it's tricky. It, it really is. And he, he has come in and we've had those talks of like equating fat with bad. We were even, mm-hmm. I'll never forget. We went out to sushi and there was this person that was very large. Um, and it was just my son and I, and he was saying, Oh, mommy he's so fat and really loud and I'm like here you're sitting with your fat mom and I'm like Mm -hmm. and your daddy and so then we have this talk of well baby that's just his body and and fat isn't bad and mommy and daddy are bigger and and we all want to be healthy and but you know but because we're this size it doesn't mean that that it's bad or that we're bad people or that it's something that you want to point out like you didn't like it when Jameson called you slow when you were running so Mm. people don't like you know, a lot of people don't like being called fat. For me, I know you guys have heard me use that word quite a few times mm-hmm. already here. I really have stepped into the word and embraced it. And I, I use it intentionally when I do podcast interviews or other interviews because I've found, especially within the, you know, 
<clears throat> that acceptance movement and the body positive movement that by reclaiming the word fat in some ways we take the negativity and the power that people use it against us we take it back yeah. so for yeah. me there is no denying when you look at me that I am a fat woman but that's all that you can tell about me you can't tell what I eat how active I am my health for my husband's insurance, we have to get blood tests every six months. And every wow. six months, I get a report back that says in handwriting, because a nurse reviews all your blood tests, keep up the good work. And I keep mm. meaning to write this blog post of, but if my BMI was on there, that note would never be there. And right. that's, yeah. that's really what we need to talk about a whole nother conversation about the medical community and treatment of people who are obese is like, let's look at those test results and say, wow, this is great. And then let's have yeah. a conversation of, you know, we can talk about BMI, but it shouldn't be the end all be all. Um, but yeah, I mean, these, these conversations that I'm going to have with my son will, will never end and they'll always be there. But, but for me, it's, it's healing in some ways to have those talks with him because mm -hmm. my parents did the very, very best they could. But, you know, my mom took me to Weight Watchers at age 10 when right. I wasn't really that big. And then I got yelled at for gaining some weight and it just, it, it starts this, this cycle. And it, it, so just being aware of that and cognizant of not repeating that cycle is mm -hmm. really, really important to me but I get caught up all the time for my son's first birthday I remember being terrified of giving him cake so my friends I found like my crunchy friends who made like this applesauce like you know, gluten-free <laughs> no dairy-free <laughs> probably ordered it in from Portland um <laughs> cake mm -hmm. And, and then I look at that now and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what was he doing? But at least I can, I knew when I was in it, what I was doing, but I can look back and be like, okay, Jennifer, like, let, let's acknowledge that this is your issue <laughs> you're projecting right. on your child. Um, so it, it is a constant battle. And, you know, we had a pregnancy loss four years ago and I know that's something that's a passion of you guys as well. And, and I can mm -hmm. be honest and say, that's really why I have gained a lot of weight is through you know, the loss and not probably processing it well, but yeah. that's a whole nother piece that's hard to navigate in motherhood. Um, and even for plus size women is there's, you know, a lot of shame and blame placed upon you of, oh, okay, well you lost the pregnancy because you're overweight. Um, and then for me and my son, like keep on asking for a brother and now getting older and I'm, you know, 37. So now I'm the, you know, geriatric obese woman. And that's a lot of pressure to put on someone who, you know, still wanted to have another child. So, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a lot that it goes into motherhood, regardless of size that we're just not talking about. And that's why I'm so thankful for, you know, the mother birth podcasts and other podcasts that are willing to have people who, are just going to address everything and not hold back because yeah. the more we hold back, the more damage we do to ourselves and to society as a whole. Yeah. And I do want to say too, another thing that is a resource that um, plus size mom uh, offers is a lot of kind of speaking towards fertility and loss in um, plus size women. I think that that's something that I'd like mm -hmm. you to talk a little bit about Jen, because I think that that's something, especially on like the forefront of wanting to get pregnant, yeah, that can be very difficult. I've mm -hmm. had many friends who their first 
appointment became their last appointment very quick mm-hmm. um, because they were told, oh, well, you know, you're having problems getting pregnant. You need to lose 50 pounds. 50 or 100. Yes. Not yeah. not 10% of your body weight. It's always, it's usually 100 pounds is what people are yeah. told because that's realistic. Sorry. Yeah, continue. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm saying it. it was their first and last appointment with yeah. that provider. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, what, what do you say to that? Like, how, how do you recover from that, you know, when you're already struggling Oh with, yeah. Um, yeah. No, know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I've, I've written about it and also have done blogs about it. Like I was even told lose a hundred pounds after I got married and had a preconception, you know, consultation with a care provider. And it, it was just like, well, why don't you just tell me to go to the moon and back? Because that's right. as, as realistic as you telling me to lose a hundred pounds. And a lot of women actually do damaging things to their bodies. Rapid weight loss mm-hmm. is actually far more unhealthy than staying at your current weight and just trying to make healthy habit changes. Um, oh, it's, it's so hard on a body. Oh yeah. And weight loss yeah. surgery has uh, real, real concerns attached to it. Real risks, including death. And then mm-hmm. also you have to wait a year before getting pregnant. Um, and then h- higher risks of malnourishment, vitamin deficiencies. Um, so, you know, and some people do choose weight loss surgery. And then they are able to get pregnant right away. So I don't want to knock that. I just want people to do their due diligence and their research. Mm-hmm, yeah. But what I tell people, don't even travel down those roads yet. Like, don't feel pressure yeah. to do that. Like, my best advice for a plus size woman who is wanting to become pregnant is to treat your body like it's pregnant. So mm-hmm. let's look at what vitamins are you taking? What vitamins should you start? Are you even taking vitamins? Like start to take yeah. vitamins, food. Let's just, let's just start by trying to eliminate as much processed food as we can. Like, let's just start to, to work with food and have a new relationship with food. And then, I have a whole big long list of all these fun ways to be physically active. Like what is fun to you? What is fun when it comes to moving your body? And I do that thread often on the Facebook page. And then I like want to give a prize to the first person who says sex, like, you know, just making it fun, like physical activity, like yeah. that. I, water aerobics. Like I just actually ordered a bathing suit last night on Torrid because I need to get my butt back into the pool. And my husband's been saying that for a while. Like you loved it. Get your boots. Right back into that pool. And so I ordered the bathing suit last night. So what, what can be fun? So we're, we're looking at nutrition. We're looking at being physically active. We're looking at vitamins and nourishing your body. And then, and then we're going to work hard to find that size friendly care provider now. So Mm -hmm. preconception is so, so important. And it's something that most of us don't talk about, but getting our bodies as healthy as possible for pregnancy before we get, most of us just get pregnant. Um, right. It's so important. So really working to find a size-friendly care provider while being proactive with your health in a way that's not triggering. So if mm-hmm. if counting calories is triggering to you, then don't count calories. But if it's not, then we know that even just writing down your food can be helpful with with making those changes. And I love nutritionists and naturopaths and really want people to connect with nutritionists. Um, and in fact, in the online course that I just launched, I have, and it 
interview with a nutritionist that you, I loved it because she's like, hey, I'm afraid sometimes to tell people what I ate. You know, it's like it's normal for people of all sizes to have mm-hmm. those apprehensions when going into working with a nutritionist. But at the end of the day, they they really do want to help. That's their job. And you can learn so much, you know, at especially plus size women, women of all sizes, we tend to be expert dieters, but that's not, that's not a healthy way to eat, you know, depriving ourselves. It's, 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 it's a damaging cycle. So, so rewriting those narratives, but I've found that that that's really a good way, you know, but a lot of women who are especially part of the community and who are struggling to conceive have PCOS. So talking Mm -hmm. about polycystic ovarian syndrome, providing resources, I think even just women connecting with other women that have PCOS has been really powerful. And then sharing pregnancy and birth stories and letting women know that it is possible um, to still become a mother. Uh, So you know, and then just the community of trying to conceive and laughing about it and, you know, feeling like you're not alone in the, in this journey, I think is really important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, the isolation piece is so huge and, and even just as mothers and women in general, we become so, so isolated and we don't reach out. We don't surround ourselves with people that are actually, positive and life-giving and and that is that is just so key you know I think that the postpartum transition is like we've like we've been talking about it's it can really be a minefield for women and you know we've we've done a couple episodes recently about postpartum depression and um you know just what that looks like and I think that again a lot of these things can sort of multiply that experience and 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 amplify it um and if you're do, if you're trying to do this alone, like you're you're not going to make it or you're going to make it by the skin of your teeth. And it will you know, you'll look back on this time in your life as, as something that was not positive. And yeah, and I love your story because you had this, you know, you had this incredible, empowering birth, like Laura said. And and that's not that's not so many women's stories. They you know, they remember this as like a traumatizing, triggering time. And, you know, and same with the postpartum period. And it's just, it's so important to share the stories of women that, you know, that have been able to, to really just immerse themselves in the experience and, and enjoy every bit of it, you know, that can be enjoyed. There's obviously some aspects of it that can't be enjoyed. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there's so much that can be. Um, I love that. And you recently did a boudoir photo shoot, if I remember right. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I've done a few. I think part of, part of body love is, um, you know, pushing yourself in ways that you probably never expected. Just most people don't put their photographs on the internet and I do. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but a, a little less than a year postpartum was the first time I did a boudoir photo shoot. So that was pretty amazing with a group of women and mothers. And I really encourage everyone to do it. I mean, everyone thinks like, Oh, boudoir by myself with a photographer. And I'm like, no, grab a bunch of mom friends and champagne and you'll have like the greatest (laughs) girl's day ever. Um, and then I've done it by myself too, but I most recently did a milk bath boudoir photo shoot. That was really cool. Um, to be in like this milky water and, um, 
it was really empowering. And when I got asked to do it, I have another project, Peachy Moms, which is body love for moms of all sizes that I do mm-hmm. with a mental health therapist. We um, were asked to do it and I was looking on her website and there were no images of women of size. So I went online and there was like hardly any images of, you know, you could get boudoir, but not milk bath boudoir. So that was really exciting. So now if you like Google plus plus size milk bath boudoir, then, then you'll see me, (laughs) which I love. I mean, those are the things that's why I'm willing to put my body out there. Um, but really quickly you touched on postpartum and I do want to mention for women of size, and this doesn't get talked about often enough, there are, um, increased incidences of postpartum depression Mm -hmm. for women of size, as well as lower incidences of initiating breastfeeding and and breastfeeding to six months. So, for breastfeeding, I highly, highly recommend that women connect with an IBCLC while they are pregnant, um, mm-hmm. not just a lactation consultant, an IBCLC, which is like the highest certification. Level, yeah. yeah. Um, and I say that because there are studies that show out of everything that you can do to increase um, breastfeeding success connecting and having long-term support with an IBCLC actually does show um, a difference. So I know people are like, oh, it's expensive. And I'm like, let me tell you about formula and how expensive formula is because it's a whole nother story I could personally share of breastfeeding struggles. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's a real big passion of mine is helping women to understand, yes, yes, absolutely. It can be expensive, but in the long run, um, it'll save you money and, and it'll also save you. There's a lot of emotional stuff that goes with breastfeeding. <laughs> oh I'm sure you could have multiple and have I'm, multiple. Sh- yeah. She's uh, in it right I'm now. I'm in it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Help. yeah. So IBCLC is my go-to. And then at, at least, you know, if you do decide that ultimately, Hey, breastfeeding just for whatever reason, doesn't work out or it's just whatever. At least, you know, that you really tapped into like the golden <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. advice and support. And then for postpartum um, depression and baby blues, just, just really being open and honest with your care provider and your circle of support. And I, you know, went, was in therapy not that long ago, trying to process through my own pregnancy loss and was doing some filming and some, um, Instagram live video on it because I think there's such this still shame and stigma attached to therapy, but, you know, therapy during pregnancy and postpartum can, can be life support for some people. So breaking down those, you know, stigmas attached to it. And if you're feeling a certain way, then please, please, please get help and don't feel ashamed. Um, those two things are really important to me to share. Yeah, that's, that's so important. I, in my first pregnancy or sorry, after my first son was born, I struggled with pretty serious postpartum anxiety and just didn't really know or understand anything about it at the time and did not get help. And I realized during this last pregnancy, like I'm kind of, I'm, I'm high risk for a reoccurrence of, you know, that, that same situation. And so I started seeing a therapist even while I was still pregnant, um, just to kind of, you know, set the stage for both working through some things in advance, but also like making sure that I am, I am plugged in and I'm, you know, I will, I have the tools and the resources to, you know, just a have support, but also like if, if things are starting to, you know, go off the cliff, like I have someone that's, and I have plenty of, you know, friends in my life as well, but I have someone clinically trained to be like, 
wait a second, <laughs> this is, you know, this is not looking so good. What do we, what do we need to, what do we need to address here? So I, I'm such a huge advocate of that as well. And then go do a milk bath photo shoot. And exactly. <laughs> I think there, there's a balance there of like, oh, the intense stuff. But then with postpartum, like, you know, definitely coming into this new body that's so, so different. So whether it's just boudoir or milk bath boudoir, I highly, I highly recommend or, you know, for some women, that's a terrifying idea. So I just, you know, recommend yeah. looking in the mirror and paying yourself a compliment. Like, can you just start there? Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's a really We're good place one. to start Actually when you're brushing taking- your teeth, look in the mirror and say something nice to yourself every morning. And it really makes a big impact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say too, I think that, um, just reflecting back on what you've said and, setting yourself up for success, whether that's having a doula or seeing a therapist or having a provider, it sounds like a pretty common thread is that it's someone who's willing to have, have the conversations with you, with a person, you know, whether it's a plus size mom, but you know, we, we think that these are things that relate to every, every kind of mom, but just that you want to have someone who's willing to have the conversations with you that you need to have and answer your questions, but most importantly, be on your team. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I think about you, your resources and your presence on this show, it's just to show that there's a lot of different kinds of teams. And you might find that, like you're saying, your team might be a Facebook group full of people you will never meet. Mm-hmm. It might be, a, you know, and you might connect with a story of a person that there's no way you've ever heard unless you Googled or got this reference or found a different podcast or saw them on TV. I don't know, whatever it is, there's... Just there's something out there that could lead you to the right path. And I think that that's, you know, part of part of our dream. And I think it's definitely a huge voice and a huge thread in what you're doing. So thank you. Yeah, yeah well, thank you, too. And I love that. Yeah. Well, who's in your team? <laughs> yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's such it's huge. I mean, that could be like mm-hmm. I, I've seen a graph chart <laughs> with multiple <laughs> circles and mamas yeah, in the like middle. That. But if you're not if you're not building that. Um, it's going to be a lot harder, a lot harder. Um, the whole, the whole journey can be a lot harder unless you have people to support you. And, and you know, that's a whole motherhood issue is that we're not willing to ask for help. A mo- yes. women issue too. We don't want to ask for help, mm-hmm. but you know, life is, life is so much easier when you you're willing because people want to help and just being willing to accept it. Um, it can really make a big impact. I, I tell <clears throat> women for post planning for postpartum, like have a list of chores, and a list of your favorite food. And if someone wants to hold that baby, they need to mark something off of the chore list and they need to cross off something from the food list. They got to work to hold that baby because ultimately <laughs> you should really be holding that baby right now. And then that's their role really is to help you and the community's role. And um, so, yeah, that's it's it's hard, but that's why if people make a list, then it's not as hard yeah. to ask, to, to be like, oh, can you help me? You're not going to ask, but if you have a list, right. it's better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just put it on the fridge and everyone in the house knows that if someone comes, they just point to the list. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no baby yeah. until the list. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I'm curious if you can just share just a tiny, a tiny bit more about um, you've, you know, you've launched this community and, and recently you're just launching this online course that you're doing. Um, just tell us a little bit more about the, the trajectory of the work that you've done and where you see it going in the future. Sure. 
Um, you know, it started from a blog to a resource website and then becoming certified as a childbirth educator and me doing a speaking tour throughout the country, speaking to providers and moms. Um, and now I've really, I enjoy being home now a bit. It was intense for a year and a half there. Um, so now I'm really keeping my head down into the computer and creating resources because I can answer the same questions time and time again. But I realized Mm -hmm. I was literally living on Facebook and my family's bank account was literally draining. So, um, so now I'm developing products that are specifically geared around plus size pregnancy. So the, my plus size pregnancy guide and now the, my plus size pregnancy course. And then the next piece is a class for birth professionals. Cause I do a, a class that I've, um, taught in Colorado and, um, California and, hope to teach a few other places. Um, it's called supporting plus size birth. So I'm going to be designing that online course next and putting it online. (laughs) But the website plus size birth.com is full of tons of resources from where in the heck can I find plus size maternity clothes that are cute and affordable to, um, how do I find a size friendly care provider? I have a list of size friendly doulas. Um, we talk about, you know, trying to conceive and PCOS and pregnancy and B bellies and, and then postpartum and apron belly where your belly hangs low. There's a lot of, Mm. That, that was one of the most powerful articles I came out with this year was what's an apron belly and practical tips and solutions. And it was like the thread was so beautiful when I asked the community, you know, when you have a belly that hangs lower, how do you navigate it? And the best part is you'd see these like really good tips. And then you'd see a comment that was like, I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was just like, I call it a, you know, fufa too. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like that is why that is why I do what I do because people feel like, Oh, like I don't have to be ashamed of, of this belly or this body. And I, here are some great tips. So, so there's, you know, anything that you could think of, um, around plus size pregnancy, birth, postpartum motherhood. And, you know, through, through speaking and speaking at conferences, body love too has become a really big part of what I do Mm -hmm. and putting myself out there and whether it's photos of me in underwear and a bra or whatever it is, just to show like my body's normal and your body's normal and like, it's okay. And, um, so that all of those resources are on the plus size birth website. And I really see within the next year, um, having the birth postpartum course online, as well as trying to conceive is, um, my -hmm. hopes and dreams. And maybe one of these years I'll sleep again. I kind of feel like I just had a baby. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was about to say. It sounds like you just had another baby. (laughs) Uh, But you know, it's, I really want this to continue on. And it's hard when you pour, so many hours and you know my husband's a baker <laughs> so mm. we also have to raise a child and pay the bills and 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 so it's it's time to really I hope people have appreciated all that I've done for all these years and that they might want to purchase a resource because it's it's yeah. Yeah. really good quality too <laughs> yeah well we think that the work you do is amazing and we'll be uh, providing show notes with links to obviously your your website and the different projects you're working on, but really specifically some of the different resources you're talking about, like the guide to providing or choosing a care provider, 
um, you know, the, the fertility stuff, um, and just some of the other little things that we've talked about. So we'll make sure to make sure that people can find that stuff specifically. Um, so as we're, as we're kind of wrapping up, I'd love to just ask you if there's one thing that you would say to moms, you know, regardless of size, but certainly definitely if they, you know, if they are women of size, um, what is one tip that you would give to women just to love their bodies? Um, oh, I start by telling her, so I hope she's listening right now, um, Mm -hmm. that your body is amazing. Your body is truly amazing. And, you know, if you are pregnant right now, you are growing life within you. And isn't that just the most incredible thing? So let's stop this, this cycle and narrative of, of hating ourselves because our bodies are truly, truly incredible and amazing. Um, and as far as, a woman going down her own journey to loving herself, you know, it just starts with those baby steps of, as I said earlier, just looking in the mirror and finding one thing that you can say nice about yourself. Um, I also, within the course I just developed, do an exercise where, you know, write down three things you don't like about your body. And that'll probably take you like three seconds to do. And then write down three things you love about your body and really spend time. What are those three things? And then when you start to be like, Oh, you know, my butt looks horrible in these jeans, then go to something from that second list. Be like, Oh, but I, I love my eyelashes or, you know, whatever it is just like start catching yourself when you're saying those negative things, whether they're in your head or out loud and then replace it with something nice and just, just mm-hmm. continue to do that and practice it with your friends because we're always like, Oh, where'd you get that dress? Oh, this old thing, you know, Oh, I'm glad yeah. I have my Spanx on. But like, no, where did you get the dress? You look amazing. So just starting, just starting to change that negative self-talk is incredibly powerful. So you don't have to strip down for a boudoir photo shoot tomorrow. Just, just start to tell yourself that you're worthy today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so true about just other women. And I think Laura was, was going to say something about that earlier too. There's a really funny Amy Schumer clip about, um, you know, women providing compliments and it's like, you know, several of them do it and they just shoot each other down and then, and then, in the ending scene is a woman who takes the compliment and all of the women like explode. <laughs> they literally spontaneously combust. So <laughs> I'll, I'll provide a link to that. As I well. love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have to, yes. we have to learn to let other people love us too. Right. Yes. That's one of Absolutely. my 10 tips for body love. I can share the article with you guys too, is like take and take compliments and receive them and give them because it feels amazing to give them as well as to yeah. learn just how to, it's okay to receive a compliment. <laughs> So, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, thank you so much, Jen. We love the work you do. And like we've said, we'll, we'll provide links to all of these different resources that you're talking about. And thanks for, thanks for providing them. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing and for giving moms a space to talk and hear about things that, um, we don't always talk about. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. Okay, everyone, you need to check out Jen's website and her new My Plus Size Pregnancy course. The links are in the show notes on our blog, or you can go to plussizebirth.com. Best of all, Jen has given our listeners an exclusive discount code, so when you purchase the course, you can use the code SAVE20 to get 20% off. Thanks for listening to Mother Birth and being a part of this community. 
We'd love for you to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to rate us in iTunes, which helps other listeners find us. We'd also love to hear from you at motherbirth.co if you have any ideas for topics for us to cover or if you'd like to be on the show. I think it goes without saying, but Mother Birth is a personal podcast created by Laura and Lisa. It's intended as general information. It doesn't constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with your primary care provider with respect to your medical care if you're pregnant, planning on becoming pregnant, or in the postpartum period.